0: Thank you for joining us. Here at BLC. our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now, here is Pastor Gary Toney. Well, let's get right into things uh, this morning. Um, Last week, we were—does anybody know what we were talking about last week? What was it? Somebody said Jesus. That's that's adorable, right? Yeah, we were talking about anger management— And as I was thinking about this Sunday, I was kind of going through our homework. Y'all remember the homework? Yeah, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I'm going through our homework and the Lord began to, because I made this statement last week that we are ambassadors for Christ. Yeah. Did you know that? Some of you maybe some of you not so sure. Some of you are like, uh, I'm I'm not ready for that. Well, that's why we're going to talk about this because let's just be real. Y'all can only take so much about anger management. Some of y'all probably got mad cuz I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. You know, those don't tell me what to do people. And I know that's not you, but probably somebody watching online. That's why <laughs> Now, now, as we dig into this today, now remember, we got in last week, we were, we were talking about peace and joy from the Lord, right? And so we're still going to highlight that as we go through this, because I am, I, I can tell you as a pastor, I, I am 100% convinced that a big part of our witness is peace and joy. Your family members, your co-workers they will see that on your life. And it's not something that you have to produce. It's a fruit of something that's already inside you. Yeah? And so as I was hanging around in, in the Gospel of John, really in, in chapter 14, I, I, I didn't get out of chapter 14. I just got stuck there and I spent days in chapter 14. See, I need you all to learn something from this. I, I know many of you, you just want to do your assignment. How many of you, 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 were, you were that kind of student in high school? Well, I wasn't. How many of you were? <laughs> now, in college I was, but not in high school. But, but you know, how many of you are that kind of student, you know? You, you just want to get it done. Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't want you to just get it done. I want you to spend enough time. That's why I told you if you were to spend the next two months in those four chapters, it will change your life. And so as I'm unpacking John 14, I I never got out of John 14 because the Lord began to show me things, you know. And he starts out, um, don't let your heart be troubled. See, we live in a world today where there is a fear-driven agenda that the media is trying to cram down our throat. And we have to be aware of that. And as people of God, going back to last Sunday, you don't have to get mad at somebody to prove your point. Okay, well, I mean, at least two people said that's right. <laughs> I, know, I know some of you think getting mad is a good response, but it's not. Re- remember out of Romans chapter 14, we introduced this last week? The kingdom of God's not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just kind of remind you of what's taking place here in Romans 14. Uh, Paul is addressing the church in Rome, and he's he's dealing with, because he brings up this eating and drinking point, because he's dealing with a bunch of religious practices that this church, in their organized attempt to do something that only God can do, is trying to cram down the throat of these new people, these new converts that just accepted Jesus, and, and they still... I know y'all probably can't relate to this, but they still probably got a little bit of Saturday night in them on Sunday. Like, what do you mean, Reverend? (laughs) See, new converts are still trying to figure stuff out. And those of us that have been here a while, maybe sometimes we need to dial our denominational philosophies back just a little bit. My wife got me this new shirt get used to different. See, if you follow Jesus, you should get used to different. Huh? And so I'm hanging out in John following Jesus. And the Lord began to show me that those of us that are born again. Now, if you're not born again, born again doesn't mean member of a church, organization, none of that stuff. It means that you've accepted Jesus as your savior. You have a new life in Christ. You belong to heaven. The rest of those stuff, the rest of those things you discover in your journey of faith. Where you go to church, what your what your faith looks like, and we are all growing at different places, different paces. Yeah. And so I am I'm watching Jesus, listening to him in John 14, and he's making these absolutely ridiculous statements. Like anybody that believes in me can do the same things I do. Like I'm like, what? How many of you believe that? Yeah. How many of you try it? <laughs> Yeah. Look, man, come on. God wants us at a place where we're going to step out and try things. And he knows just like when you're a little kid riding a bike and you crashed and burned so many times, but you got back up. You know, I know, John, how's the driving going, man? You doing good? Yeah. See, John's just now, he's, he's behind the wheel. I know, I know dad's probably better at, you know, he probably doesn't lose his cool like mom does, but But at some point, just like a parent has to cut the child loose, and like, here you go. Here's the keys. See, right now he has to drive with the parents, but there's coming a day. Pretty soon, right, John? Like, Mom, give me the keys. And she's like, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is how God is with us. He wa- he's, he's wanting to give us the keys to the car, and he knows you're going to do dumb stuff. He's not mad at you. He loves you. He loves you so much, he sacrificed his son. So you got to wrap your head around this reality when you begin to navigate who you are as a person of God. And so I'm hanging out there, and he begins to reveal to me one of the things that we need a, a, a much clearer understanding of is exactly what he did for us through Jesus. We need a better understanding of who we are as his people, while we're still confined to our humanity. See, this is the thing that the world needs to see. They need to see born-again believers on their worst day, still full of faith, Dave. When when everything went wrong that could go wrong, you're still standing and believing Jesus, not blaming him. Y'all know people that get mad at God every time they don't get their way? Y'all know what you call them? Well, the Apostle Paul called them babies, but you may have a different name, but... Anyway, see, this is where faith comes in, you all. I I know you hear me talk about this all the time, but you actually do. This is the way this new world is built. This is how you accept Jesus into your life. This is how you live your new life. At the end of the day, we actually have to believe this stuff. You got to believe it. It's not just information that you get and check a box. You've got to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. You've got to believe that you are who he says you are. You've got to believe that you can do what he says you can do. Right in the face of when you step out and try it and you fail miserably. Yeah? See, here's the thing. This new nature will only be found in the kingdom of God. Remember what Romans said? The kingdom, the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness. Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, the moment you're born again, I I know some of you may not be ready for this this morning, but the moment you're born again, it comes with an assignment. And you may not know what that looks like yet, and and it, it will probably not be on this platform in the beginning. Many times it's going to be in your break room. Moms, dads, just going to be at, at, at the kitchen table with your 12-year-old. Hmm? See, the, this life of faith, you would have to be willing to, to step out and engage in what God has made available for you. You know, Paul takes it a step further for us as he's kind of introducing how this thing looks. In his letter to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians, he's kind of setting this up, and he makes some statements like this. In Christ, we've, we've been given these brand-new lives. Through him. And now he's calling us to go bring more people back because he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. You and I, we have this responsibility to influence people. How many of you see yourself as an influencer? Yeah, a couple of you. Yeah. I want to encourage you today because if you're born again and you spend time in the word, the fruit of the kingdom of heaven is inside you. Let me say this the right way. Stop trying to impress somebody with your theology. Listen to me very carefully. You have the Spirit of God inside you. Just be you, anointed by the Holy Spirit. You see, for me, it would would not work. I know know some of you all like, uh, you follow Joel Osteen, uh, and you watch some of his broadcasts. Well, it would not do any good for me to try to be Joel Osteen. Miss Betty said, "No, <laughs> heck, no, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, d- the dude has some legit hair, though. I'm, gonna t- I'm just going to tell you right now. Chris, one day in heaven, locks flowing. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to lead a hair band in heaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you are tall, Johnny." <laughs> See, Paul wants us to understand something. In Christ, we've already been given these brand new lives. And our job is to influence other people. This is why in that same chapter, in chapter 5, verse 20, he makes this statement. We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, there's a lot in that statement that you have to take a second and, and think about because so often we, what I've learned over the years, not only in my own life, but as I watch people, going back to my earlier statement, we have this mindset that we think we have to have this lesson prepared to teach somebody about Jesus. Y'all ever heard this phrase? What you're doing is speaking so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. Anybody ever heard that? I don't, yeah. So often, what you need to realize, and, and if you'll follow Paul's writing, he reminds us, guys, you and I, we are living epistles. We are living letters, not written with ink, but written by the Spirit of God sent to man. Your life is a sermon. I know, you're like, man, I hope I I didn't have an audience last night. (laughs) Huh? No, your life is, you know, I tell people this all the time. This is why I don't have any of our brand, Victory Life Church brand stuff. I don't have any on my truck. I know somebody like, well, you should. You're the pastor. I drive. (laughs) So I don't. For that reason, because I, I, I know you guys got it together, man, but I, I, I fail in traffic a lot. I really do. And, and so I'm not going to put any logos on my truck, you know. Don't get me a, don't get me a bumper sticker with Pastor, no, no none of that, no. I, I, no. See, what we have to understand is the kingdom of heaven is in us. And as we hang around Jesus, Not out of some legalistic approach because the pastor said, well, y'all got to do, you don't have to do your homework. No. But as, as you hang around Jesus, what happens is transformation begins to take place. The spirit of God on the inside of you goes to work and it begins to produce fruit. One of the more modern paraphrases says it like this. All of this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him. Giving the world, watch this, a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sin by Jesus' sacrifice. And God has given us the task, the assignment, if you will, of telling everyone what he's done. We are his representatives. We are his ambassadors. God is using us to persuade people. Huh? to come back and find out who Jesus is. You know, the, one of the interesting things as, as you're reading through your homework this week, over in John 17, when Jesus is praying for, for us, he says, Father, because, the, because, watch this, because they're in this world, but not of it, sanctify them by your word. You see, what the word of God will do is it will separate you. It will reveal to you not only who Jesus is in your life, but it will reveal to you who you are in him. You'll, be, you'll begin to discover, oh, wow. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. See, you will never earn it. You will never be good enough, never. If any human could have ever been good enough, then Jesus could have stayed in heaven. Jesus is the only way. And then he makes this radical statement. He's praying, Jesus himself on the planet praying for us. He said, Lord, as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them. Well, how did God send Jesus into the world? He anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power, and he sent him to do good, to heal all oppressed of the enemy. See, God wants every one of us to the degree that we're ready to embrace our ambassadorship. You know the thing about an ambassador, if you go look at at their role, one of their main functions is to really provide activities that that will blend two nations together. They're sent on behalf. For example, if an, um, an ambassador sent to another nation from here, they represent us. Well, it's the same with Christ. It's just like yesterday, we had a little outreach, or uh, a little uh, 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 fun event that, that a bunch went canoeing and kayaking. And, you know, it was just nothing spiritual about it. It was just fun, relationship developing, you know. It was really being an ambassador. It was having an event that brought people together. That's it. See, a lot of times, I think we over-spiritualize stuff. Huh? See, God wants you to be able to have a conversation in the break room with a cup of coffee. Students, God wants you all to be able to have a conversation on your campus and not be intimidated by all the unbelief. That's there. Be bold in who you are, huh? Yeah, you, are you sure? Because y'all real y'all y'all are shouting so loud, I can't hear what I'm saying right now. Are you sure you want to? Huh? I, I mean, I, I think we need to get to the place where if we're going to be an ambassador, let's embrace it. Stop being scared. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Yeah. So as you begin to discover and develop your new life, it's important that you remember the kingdom of heaven is what. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, you are right with God. See, a lot of people think, well, I got to live righteous. I got to live. I got to live right. I got to live right. I got to live. Well, you're going to fail at that. Now, the more you live with Jesus, some of the old junk, that that stuff will just get peeled away. There will, transformation will take place, but you just attempting to be right all the time. Yeah, that doesn't work. I mean, I'll probably mess up somewhere along the line before the day's out, yeah? Do the wrong thing, say the wrong thing. See, the thing I want you to understand, when you read scriptures like the kingdom of heaven is righteousness and peace, guys, this isn't a suggestion from the Lord. He said, this is what the kingdom is. The kingdom of heaven, it is this. It is righteousness. Righteousness. It's not something that you learn, you discover. That's right, Dave. You gotta just enter in. So the more that you yield, the more that we yield to the things of the kingdom, which according to Jesus in Luke chapter 17 is in us. Wow. How's that work? Huh? Because you know what we do? We we think when we think kingdom, we think geographical, don't we? We think locate, now I know it's more than just on the planet, but we think kingdom of heaven, there's this place someday when the role is called up yonder, I'll be there, kingdom. But according to Jesus, the kingdom is in us. That word kingdom literally means it's his government, it's his way of functioning. And he said in Luke, it's in us right now, and the, the more visible the kingdom becomes in us, the more re, real it becomes, the more visible to other people it'll be. They'll recognize it in you. You'll have co-workers that'll come up to you, uh, can you pray for me? And you won't be thinking, well, let me just, let me just call the church. No. Y'all, y'all know the rule when it comes to praying, right? If somebody asks you for prayer, what do you do? Pray. You pray. Yeah, but what if I'm in the checkout line at Kroger? This. Listen, I, I need y'all to get your head around this, okay? You know what God's looking for? God is looking for people that are not ashamed of who they are as people of God. This has been the thing that the world has manipulated us and tried to pull us down to where there's such conformity that we look just like the world. We are no longer of this world. We shouldn't look like them. You should get used to different Now, I'm not asking you to be all hyper-spiritual and weird and draw attention to yourself. Y'all ever met that Christian that's the crazy Christian? <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's John the Baptist out there burning on the backside of the mountain. just ah! you no, know? <laughs> not that guy. But as you yield to Jesus, you know, and he wants you to pray for somebody in the checkout line or in the cafeteria at your school, or wherever it might be, you're not intimidated. I promise you, listen to me very carefully. Now, sure, there will be some that may mock and make fun, but I, I promise you, humanity, listen very carefully. Humanity is God-made. What that means is somewhere down inside every human, they are searching for God. They have that desire. Even though the world has manipulated their thinking and they're deceived and they don't know truth, they're still God made and they want that somehow inside them. And I promise you, what the world is looking for is somebody bold enough to not be intimidated by the things going on around them. Stand up and be the people of God. That's what, With what's going on on the planet today, that's This whole thing will change when the church stands up. That's when it'll change. Not until. I know some of y'all waiting on the government. Are you for real right now? (laughs) You better go ahead and clock out on that one. You see, the more kingdom-minded we are, the more the things that Jesus said to us take on this clearer perspective right in the face of challenging situations, right in the face of uncertainties and difficulties. That's why he said stuff like he did in John 15, these things I've spoken to you, I I did this so that my joy will stay in you and that your joy will be full. What if your joy was full? I mean, like right now, what if your joy joy was full? Would you look like you look if your joy was full? I'm full of joy, Reverend. (laughs) No, I think if we were full of joy... People would see it on you. They're like, what is wrong with you, man? You're just weird. I mean, well, I'm full of, you know, and you can tell them, well, I, I'm, I'm just full of joy. Well, where do you buy that at? <laughs> got it on sale at Target. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's time. Fellowship in, in, in groups like this, it's time with you and the Lord by yourself in your truck in some country road, man. Kentucky's got the most beautiful country roads there is. I love Tracy and I will do it all the time. See, the things of the kingdom, you got to get this, you all. They are spiritual in their reality. Not natural. They're spiritual. They come from the spirit world that if you believe in Jesus, you're born of. Yes? Yeah. But we don't, we don't have a lot of talk about spiritual stuff because today's culture and media and TV land, well, they made it all weird. And it's not weird. It's just unknown. It's just of a different dimension. See, Paul's instructions in Romans is simply the result of the born-again yielding to the kingdom of God that's already in them. It's already functioning in them, and they're aware of it. This is why faith is so important. One of the key principles of understanding the kingdom of God, now I need you to take this home with you today, is you need to be open to multi-dimensional thinking like, what? I'm like, I, I came to church today, Reverend. I know, and I'm trying to help you. Because you are no, if you're born, now, if you're not born again, this stuff is like, like, what is he talking about? Multidimensional thinking. Is this a cult? <laughs> what's, what's he talking about? Well, where is the kingdom of heaven? Now, now, don't give me a church answer. I know something like, what's inside us, Reverend? You just told us. No, come on, where is it? It's in the spirit. All right, where's the Spirit? Now, it is, it is inside of us, but it's, it's, it's somewhere else, too. It's right beside you in that chair. It's all around you right now. The Spirit of God is everywhere. You all know the Holy Spirit is omnipresent, right? Okay. So what we have to be aware of is there is a real world. How many of you believe in angels? Well, that's, that's pretty good. But you can't see them. But according to the Bible, they're here right now, present with us right now. Remember when Elijah's servant came to him and said, Lord, look at all these people. What are we going to do? And the prophet said, well, there's more with us than with them. And he was like, one, two. And then, then the prophet said, Lord, Open his eyes. Now wait a minute. Wasn't his eyes open? Because he saw the multi, he saw the, the vast army. Wasn't his eyes open? So what eyes are what what eyes is he talking about? See, there is a real world right here, right now. But you will never enter it in this intellectual human way of thinking. It's spiritual and it's reality. How many of you believe you got loved ones that live in heaven? Are you sure? Or are you just hoping and wishing? No, they're there. I mean, I guarantee you, my mom, she's probably already cooked for Jesus. (laughs) My mom was Aunt B. She lives in heaven. She's been there since 2000. You know, it's a real place. See, faith is so vital to the believer. You have to understand that these realities, it's not a someday thing. According to, remember what in Luke 17, you remember what Jesus said? The kingdom of God. It's within you. God's entire system of operations, his world, is within you. And you know, the more that I begin, as I'm thinking in John and kind of meditating things, the more I dug into this. This is the danger with the Bible, though, Andy. The more you dig into stuff and you start going back, next thing you know, you're in Genesis. And that's kind of what happened to me. As I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, what about this? What about this? The next? And so I'm I'm in Genesis. And in Genesis, the Bible says that God said, let's make man like us. Wow. Let's make man according to our likeness. And then he made this radical statement. And let them, who's the them? Now that word man, it's mankind. That's what Adam means. Let mankind have dominion over. You want to know why stuff is jacked up on the earth? Put your hand up. Because we in charge. I know a lot of people think, well, God's in charge of everything. Listen, God can do anything, but he won't override his word. I know a lot of people don't believe that stuff. Oh, no, God is in control. Well, then why did Jesus say, tell us to pray that God's will be done? If God's will was already going to be done, why, why would Jesus tell us to pray his will be done? God, I mean, here, here's how we, Lord, you know you're going to do what you're going to do, so... Why am I praying? Because if you're going to do it, you're going to do Oh, I kicked a religious cow there. My bad. It's, it's time that the church wakes up and realizes some things. Listen to, listen to Psalm 115. The heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. This planet, the body of Christ, is supposed to be ruling things here, but we're not. <laughs> That's the only reason. You, you, you look at, it's blending both worlds, the visible and the invisible. See, that's the, oh, that's the whole point when you go back to the beginning and you look at the life of Adam. Adam was 100% human, but also 100% spirit until he fell. That's when he recognized his humanity for the first time. Jesus, in the, in the book of Corinthians, Jesus is called the last Adam, he came and made things the way it was supposed to be again. 100% human, 100% spirit. God said, let them have dominion. It is th- this is the fundamental principle of the kingdom of God in this visible world that we live in. God is looking for people. That's why he wants you to be bold in who you are as a believer. Now, not arrogant not rude, none of that. You know, real, real bold people, they're not real mouthy. You know, the real mouthy ones, they usually, they don't do anything. They just talk. I've, I have found that out over the years. You know, you talk to guys that have been through some stuff, they, they've had their butt handed to them a few times, so they don't run their mouth. But those that talk all the time, mm-mm. you know they ain't going to do nothing. We got quiet all of a sudden. <laughs> Let them have dominion on the planet. Huh? Remember what Jesus said? We're in the world, not of it. We're, we need to be functioning as people of God, bold, confident in who we, not, not in your own abilities, you understand? You remember what uh, Peter and, and, and uh, John, when, when they are at the gate, beautiful, Peter said, listen, I don't have any money, but such as I have, I'm giving it to you in the name of Jesus. Get up. He, he wasn't talking about anything about it himself. G, you know, it, it's all the Holy Spirit inside us. This is why Paul makes radical, I mean, some of the statements Paul makes, and it just twists my thinking. Like in the book of Galatians, when he told us to, are you ready for this? Now, he's talking to humans. And he says, walk in the Spirit. Now, just, just chill on that for a minute. I know we read stuff like, oh, yeah, Paul said walk in the Spirit. Right? I can tell some of you need to give that a little meditation, so today go home and think about It's in Galatians. Walk in, how, how, how we walk in the Spirit? Huh? Think about this, you all. Walk in the Spirit, and you won't give in to those carnal worldly desires. In other words, let the Word of God govern our life, not out of some legalistic, religious approach, but because you are this new person. See, one of the things, you know, John, one of the things I run into a lot of times is people, they they have this thought process that, well, now that I'm a Christian, I, I got to do this, and I got to do that, and I can't do this anymore. I, huh? I guarantee you, some of you... Did you make it through the game last night, buddy? I guarantee you some of you lost your mind, though, didn't you? I I bet you were just, some of you might have said some selective words. No, (laughs) (laughs) definitely not, John. (laughs) My point is, we get so hung up on all the outward. We have to do, we have to be, we have to do, we have, no, 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 stop all that. What happens from the inside out as you begin to yield to the things of God, you just begin to change. I mean, you look at the Apostle Paul's life. This guy was a terrorist. I need you to understand something. We don't really relate or even have any type of idea of what it's like to be persecuted as a church in America. We have no clue. But this guy, his name was Saul the terrorist. He would have Christians arrested and sentenced to execution. That was who he was. And then all of a sudden, he meets Jesus. Paul uh, saw the terrorist, now the Apostle Paul, minister of the Anointed One, is sharing the gospel everywhere. Huh? This is why the Lord began to show him these things. This is why he makes statements like, hey guys, it is only by the grace of God that I am what I am. It's not in my abilities. It's not in anything I've done. As a matter of fact, if you go over to Philippians, you'll see that Paul says all of these accomplishments that I've done. He said, I count them all dung. All of my accomplishments. He said, I'm a Pharisee, a Pharisee. I was the man in the religious world at that time. I'm, I'm, I've been I've been educated by the most elite school in my area. I am it. I'm the poster boy for a Pharisee. He said, but all of those accomplishments, I count that as just Well, you know what dung is, yeah, right? Because he knew that it's only in Christ that you begin to discover this new reality. And here's the thing. Since joy is a fruit of the Spirit, now remember Paul said, walk in the Spirit? Since joy is a fruit of the Spirit, I think it might be fair to say that joy is the personality of the Holy Spirit. He is joyful. Huh? Yeah. Let, let me say this here now, when I talk about joy for just a second. Don't confuse happiness with joy. Big difference. You see, happiness, understand, it, it, it is it's natural. It's inspired by an emotion. Joy is a spiritual reality. And when you yield to it, it will change your life. Not only that, it will make you more attractive. And, and, and I know I might be highlighting joy a little bit more than peace, but really, if you think about it, these two, they really go hand in hand together with one another. Because when you have the peace of God that passes understanding, you have the joy of the Lord that's your strength. When you have the peace of God that passes understanding, the joy of the Lord will be your strength because you know God's got you and you're not worried when everything is crumbling and nothing looks right. And you, Like we talked about last week, when you didn't get your way, Yeah, I mean, everybody's like, hallelujah. (laughs) No, no, when you didn't get your way. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Can we get a little practical? I mean, think about this, Kate. Would you rather be around somebody that's joyful, upbeat, full of faith, or would you rather hang around the worry ward, the negative Nancy, the serious one that's griping about everything? You know, when I see that person, I'm like, mm, got to go. <laughs> yeah, but you're the preacher. And? I'm still just like you. I don't want to hear it any more than you do. Yeah, but you have to. Some days I do. <laughs> Some days I do. You see, here's the other thing about this, guys. Because joy and peace are fruits of the Spirit, you want to talk about something that's really contagious? This is. This is joy and peace it is a contagious quality of his character his nature his personality and when you when when that stuff gets on you to the degree that like people will people will find you they're like man i i just like i like being around you you think i know but i don't like you yet you, you, i mean you don't say that <laughs> yeah, you, you you wouldn't say that right but you're like in your mind like yeah but i'm not there yet man so just I'm I'm, some of y'all laughing some of y'all like (laughs) See this is why you have to get your mind settled on the issue of faith See I want you leaving here today believing that the Holy Spirit is going to inspire you to be a difference maker Are you ready for this? Maybe at the restaurant today after church After the server has done I mean she she's done everything wrong that she can do wrong and, and by now, your fries are cold. You haven't had a refill. And in your mind, the tip is going down. <laughs> huh? Well, hopefully you don't have a Victory Life shirt on, so you'll be all here. <laughs> Listen, guys, our, I, I bring these things up because we are I'm not talking about in, in here, God doesn't need you representing him. in Now, let me say that. Let me balance that out. He wants you representing him in here, yes, but to a degree, you know, serving, doing things. But you know, we, we do this to stir you up, to remind you of things, to go out there. You know, I know we say on Sunday mornings, I'm going to church, but that's really not an accurate saying. You are the church. And what God needs is His church going to Mikasita after, or wherever, Taco Bell, or wherever after church. And being, you, it's okay, you can say it, it's not a bad word. <laughs> yeah. So you got to get your mind settled on this. You're born again life, you're built to live a different way. You just have to discover it. This is why we come together, we worship. This is why we have talks like this, so you can be reminded of these things. And it will take faith, make no mistake about it. The Apostle Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 7, we live by faith, not by sight. The New Living, I love how the New Living paraphrases it. We live by believing, not by seeing. We don't let the outward world govern our decisions. It doesn't look good right now. I don't see a way out right now. Huh? I don't feel like there's any peace of God in my life because I, I, I'm, I'm worried. <laughs> Where did that come from? It's not in my notes. Because many of you, you're professional worriers. I, I know we don't, we don't want to discuss this this morning but we i mean we have special forces warriors <laughs> i mean you 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 are trained in every aspect of worry and you you've actually come to the conclusion in your mind that because you you worry you are responsible you're a responsible adult i can't help but worry and in your entire life has that ever one time fixed anything jesus said how much can you change by worrying he said you can't change the second hand on a clock you can't move the sun you can't do worry won't do anything except make you miserable so why not embrace peace and joy and cast your burden over on the lord See, what I've discovered as a pastor, most Christians, you're, you're, you're fishermen with the Lord. You take that literally. Oh, yeah, Jesus said I'd be fisherman. I'll cast it to him, and then I'll reel it back. I'll cast my care to him, and then I'll reel it back, because you think you can help Jesus. <laughs> Guys, peace, joy, these are products of heaven. So stop looking for your situation. Stop looking to people to provide only what God can. See, God didn't, guys, you understand, God didn't just give us these fruits of the Spirit, this nature of the kingdom, just to make us feel better. He gave them to us because, number one, when you are walking in the peace and the joy of the Lord, it will absolutely improve your countenance. I've had people tell me, well, well, Pastor, you're just not the most approachable person. You look serious. And I, and, I, and I try to fix that, you know. You know, I've, I've had people tell me, man, I passed you on your motorcycle the other day, and you just look mean. I'm like, well, I don't have a windshield or anything, so you can't just ride around. <laughs> Unless you got some of that dental floss where you clean your teeth out. I know, right, Kate? Well, it's a real thing. You do get hit in the face with bugs. Sometimes in the mouth. And it gets in your beard and you just save that for later. It's a little crusty. <laughs> See, this nature, not only will it improve your countenance, it will strengthen your witness. It'll improve your health. Listen, a merry heart does, I think I read that somewhere, a merry heart does good like medicine. It's, in, it's biblical, man. Yielding to peace and joy improves the quality of your life so that those that you and I cross paths with, it's no longer just something that's in and of ourselves, but it's now something he's doing in and through us. Why? So that he can get the glory. I can, I can, I can imagine how it plays out in heaven sometimes. Jesus, healed, you know, or the father will look over at Jesus and say, well, hey, there's my girl right there. Watch, watch what she's getting ready to do. Gabriel, Michael, come here. Check this out. Watch what she see Come on, you all. How real is this stuff to you? There is a world. We are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses that have gone on before us. We're the ones in the game. I've told you this a hundred times. I guarantee you there are, pe- there are people in heaven. They want your jersey, not the quarterback for the Packers. And he's okay. <laughs> but they want, they want your jersey because you're in the game. So I need you to keep this out in front of you. Ambassador, you are. huh? How many of you think, I don't know if I should go here or not. Well, okay, uh, my wife said it's okay. You're going anyway. (laughs) How many of you think joy and peace have anything to do with your attitude? (laughs) Huh? Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, the Apostle Paul lets us know that, this is is one of your take-homes today, that choices, not circumstances, choices, not circumstances, determine your attitude. Choices. You know the old John Maxwell saying there's a choice you make in everything you do, so keep in mind that in the end, the choice you make, makes you. Choices. You don't have to. Be the old mean sourpuss all the time, but you got to exercise faith. You got to put this stuff into practice. This is why Paul told the young minister Timothy, "You got to stir that gift up inside you, huh? You got to stir it up." Some of you all need to stir some stuff up this morning. I can tell. Now, some of you like you already stirring stuff up, Reverend. I've had about enough of you this morning. <laughs> see, here's the thing: when it comes to stirring stuff up, <laughs> see, an unfortunate, an unfortunate reality with way too many of us is this: we're guilty of a negative mouth. <laughs> now, not our, not Victory Life Church. <laughs> We we are. How how many of you know somebody, maybe married to them, <laughs> How many of you know somebody they they have a, a it's just negative, everything you know everything that comes out is just negative. Like, no. See guys, you will you will never tap into the peace and joy of the Lord if if, if all you do is think and talk the problem. That's all you do is magnify the problem. See, I I think, remember last week we shared this story with you, the Apostle Paul, him and Silas at midnight. they They had been beaten, they got beat up for preaching and then got locked up for preaching. And instead of being mad at God or mad at anybody, they started worshiping. And God showed up. The Bible calls it an earthquake, but it couldn't really been an earthquake because earthquakes tear stuff up. But this earthquake—remember, we talked about this last week, didn't we? Okay. The prison doors flung open, and the chains fell off. What kind of earthquake is that? I mean, that's kind—I mean, okay, if you're in bondage, give me an earthquake, Lord, set me free, right? Yeah, guys, you—you can't. This is this is the point that Paul or the Holy Spirit through Paul and Silas wanted us to understand. Sometimes you have to praise your way through. You, listen carefully, you can't, it's very simple. You can't rejoice and complain at the same time. You can't do both. You ought to try it. You ought to try singing your favorite worship song and then start griping. You can't do both. You can't do both. This is why it's vital for us to make it a habit to speak the things of God over our life. This is why we make cards for you all that you can put on your refrigerator. We have different ones. We have the Ephesians one prayer, you know, that what God has already put inside you, things that you need to re- need the revelation of. You need to speak those over your life because the word of God's not just information, it is spiritual reality. Here's one of my favorites in Psalm 16. The Bible says this. He's talking to the Lord and he says, "Lord, you will show me the path of life. Thank you, Father. You will show me the path of life and in your presence, fullness of joy. And at your right hand, pleasures forevermore. See, see Tracy, there is ice cream in heaven. <laughs> ice cream is a pleasure, right? Yes, <laughs> what I'm talking about. See, as... Citizens of the kingdom, as heirs to the throne of heaven, as ambassadors to Jesus. Our assignment—it's taking this kingdom everywhere we go, and it's being joyful. It's being full of peace. It's not trying to be so serious all the time. Make no mistake about it. I am one hundred. Ask my wife. I am one hundred percent serious about Jesus. I don't play around with that, but he anointed me with my personality for a reason. I know I'm not for everybody, and so you may not come back next week. That's okay. I love you. See you in heaven or at Walmart, but it's okay. (laughs) See, we got to get past that stuff. God has anointed different people for different things. My point is, what are you anointed for today? Because you have an assignment. You are an ambassador. You don't, don't try to be like me. You be you. Right? Listen to Paul's prayer in, Gal- in uh, Colossians chapter 1. We also pray, this is verse 11, that you will, now this, he's writing to a church, okay? That you, will, that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power. Why? So that you will have all the endurance and patience. You need. Why would I need endurance and patience? Because God's going to ask you to do some things that are going to require both. How many of you impatient people? Yeah, right? He continues, may you be filled with joy. Always thanking the Father. Watch this. And he has. What what does he has mean? It's already done he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he rescued you from the kingdom of darkness and he's transferred you into the kingdom of his son. See, you're in the kingdom now and the kingdom is in you now. But here's the thing. Probably one of the biggest challenges that the born again face it's it's not so much you know confronting the powers of darkness they've been defeated you understand Jesus has defeated the kingdom of darkness that's what he was talking when he told Peter he said listen on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell can't stop you they can't stop what you're—see, so many people think the gates of hell are going to be attacking us. No, no, are not. They can't. They're defeated. But they will try to resist you, but they can't stop you. But they don't need to stop you if all you do is come in here and sit and get a sermon and go back to ESPN and HBO all week. Mm-mm. We are ambassadors called to the kingdom You see, what God is looking for is people that will refuse. You know, we've got to stop refusing our born-again nature. We've got to embrace a new way of living. Are you with me? Paul said he has enabled us to share in this inheritance. And, And make no mistake about it, you are comprehending these things, all that Christ has made available for his people. It will... It will demand a new paradigm. You've got to change everything about your approach and understand this is a completely, not a religious, not a legalistic. You are a new creation in Christ. You are born again. You are citizens of heaven. What? Let me show you this. Go to Philippians chapter three and I'll get you out of here. My children's department informed me that I have been going way too long. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. they like, hey, hey. I think Amanda told me, she said, Pastor, last Sunday you preached for 57 minutes. I'm like, dang. See, when BJ gets up here and that, that piano gets going, it's like, man, I'm, I'm ready to— it's like I get second gear. So anyway, I got to get you out of here, okay? BJ's here. Listen carefully. Philippians chapter 3. Brothers and sisters— Pattern your lives after mine. Now, now who's writing here? The Apostle Paul is. Pattern your lives after mine. Have you ever watched Paul, some of the things he's done? Well, he said pattern your life after his. So, when you watch him, like, man, I want to do that. Okay. Learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears, that there are many whose conduct, watch this, It shows that they are really enemies of the cross. Now, he's writing to the church, and there's people in the church. What he's saying is there's a bunch of religious people that are pretending. And he says, and they are headed for destruction because their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things that they do. And they think only, pay close attention to this, and they think only about this life. Here on earth. But we, Paul's saying, don't worry about those people. They only think about themselves. They only think about this life. But we, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return. Yeah? This is why Colossians is so powerful when you understand that God rescued us. From this world in the kingdom of darkness and he's already transferred us into the kingdom of his son yeah remember psalm 115 the heaven is the lord's but the earth he's given to the children of men see i think today we as people of god we embrace our assignment we take on the willingness To acknowledge that God has called us to the kingdom for such a time as this, to be an ambassador for him, to represent his world right now. This is why Jesus told his disciples, when you pray, pray this way, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me ask you something. How much crime do you think they got in heaven? None, right? No sadness. No, no, no sickness or disease of any kind. No. Nah. And Jesus said, let, let, let's pray, Lord, let your will be done here like it is in heaven. Is that possible? You sure? You're not very convincing to me. I think we need to get to a place where we actually believe that the will of God can be done on this planet. And we're not one of those that's just waiting around on God to do it. God told us to do it. I have given you enough scripture today that you can't can't play that card anymore. Mm -mm. You have an assignment. We are his ambassadors, Paul said, as if God were pleading through us. So today, as you leave here, this is my prayer for you, that the Spirit of God Begin to stir from the kingdom of God inside you, reminding you, inspiring you, challenging you, empowering you to be an ambassador for Jesus. Your style, your personality, don't try to be impressive, just be you. Just be you. Are you with me? See, this is what Jesus did when he was restoring, when he came, and now he's passed the baton to us. Today's the day. For us to embrace that so this week as you this is what i want you to do i want you to ask the lord in your prayer time to give you opportunities okay now now i, I say this i say this cautiously chris because you know what happens when you ask god to give you these opportunities you know what's going to show up it's, it's not a trick opportunities the problem, Linda, the problem is, many times, the one that shows up, we didn't want that one. We didn't, we didn't, Lord, can you give me, an, can you give me another opportunity? See? Yeah. Be ready. Be ready for these things. Now, before I get you out of here, because that's my prayer for you this week, okay? So, be prepared. Somebody like, well, I'm, I'm not going to ask God for that because I'm not ready. Oh, no, you're ready. You're here. You heard the message. You're ready. I know a lot of people don't think they're ready. You're ready because out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. You're born again. You are ready. You may not think you're ready because many times you're trying to think of the sermon. You don't need the sermon in your car on the way there. You know when you need it? You need the word from the Lord. You know when you need it? When that person shows up. That's when you need it. So just stop sweating this stuff, man. Jesus said, I'll remind you. Okay? Now, for those of you here today, you've never given your life to Jesus. Well, today's your day, man. If you never come back here again, today's your day. Understand this, we're not talking about church membership. Sure, we would love to have you be part of our family. At least I I think we do. I don't know. You may be crazy. I don't know. We don't know you yet, but (laughs) right? But we we, we would love for you to be part of our family if God brings you here. But don't get hung up on that right now, the most important decision that you can make if you're in the room or if you're watching me right now. Give Jesus a chance in your life. Take a step of faith today. Don't be the one that thinks, well, I don't know enough about Jesus. Definitely don't be the one that thinks this way. Well, Oscar, when I get my life right, (laughs) that's adorable. Then I'll give my life to Jesus. No, 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 no. It's the other way around. You give your life to Jesus, and then it starts happening. One day at a time, one decision at a time. But you got to take this first initial step of faith. Give your life to Jesus. We made it very simple for you. All you got to do is follow along, believe in your heart, and confess with your mouth. According to the book of Romans, that's how you get saved. So we're going to say it together as a church family. And if you're wherever you're sitting, you don't have to raise a hand, none of that stuff. Right there, let Jesus come into your life. And from that moment, he'll start your new journey. But you got to start. Let's all say it together. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. Now, I'll never be the same in jesus name amen now if you said the prayer and you're here tell a friend tell somebody stop by our information desk we've got some information for you those of you watching let somebody know man call us tell a friend greatest thing ever in your life just started today you're this new person in christ so embrace that now for the rest of you remember say it with me ambassadors There's opportunity waiting for you right outside these four walls. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.